good morning, everybody. Yes, my name is Carrie. Um, my name is Carrie Fess, and I am married to Greg Fess here at Faith Church. We have been here um, for about 18 years. This is the time of year that um, we decided to make faith our home. And um, so we've been here about 18 years, and we've served in various different areas of the church. And uh, as you see each week, if you're familiar with us, um, my husband, Greg, helps to lead the worship each and every week, and um, I usually do that as well. Um, so uh, that's m- what my uh, normal role on a Sunday morning is. Um, also, I um, am the Next Steps pastor, so that just kind of encompasses um, discipleship and spiritual growth and all of those things. So if you're new here or if you haven't gone through Growth Track, you could see me on a Sunday morning starting in February in the 11 o'clock service. Um, We're going to start again with Growth Track. It's where you learn um, what Faith Church is all about, what we're on mission to do, and you get to know some people in the room with you, and it's a really great time we have together. I am going to start today. We're going to talk some more in the practice of prayer, and we're using uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verses 9 through 13 as Jesus uh, taught us the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, here in just a minute. Today, we're going to hit on the very first phrases of the, pra- of the prayer um, that say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I also want to introduce, before we get there, I'm going to let you guys get there in your Bibles or on your mobile device. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We'll be there in just a few minutes. Um, but I also want to just introduce a little bit of um, our family dynamic that we have. So we have four kids um, that I've given birth to. So um, our oldest is Connor, and he's married to Gabby. So that's why I said that, because I also have a bonus daughter. So um, Gabby and Connor have our first grandson, um, Thane, and he is, I like to refer to him as like our grand boy. Um, so he is a wonderful treasure to our hearts, and we're just and as they are as well. Our next um, oldest is Gibson. He's a junior in high school, and uh, you probably, you might not know that he exists, even if you've been here for a long time. He's a very quiet guy, and most of the time he's serving on our production team um, upstairs, and so he does that. He helps to run the screens um, along with some other team members. He's done that for a while. So if you're a, a teenager and you're looking for a place to serve in the church, um, production team is a great place since you've had like technology in your hands since you were born. Um, it's a great place for you to serve. But our next um, child is Jocelyn. She's our 13-year-old only daughter, um, and she is a treasure to my heart. We have a special bond, of course, being mom and daughter. She knows how to laugh and have fun. Um, she is quite a ball of emotions, so that's uh, always really fun uh, with her and challenging at times. She is the most emotional, being the only girl. And our youngest is Lincoln, and he's in fifth grade. And out of all the six of us in our, um, well, I mean, our house now has has gone down to five people instead of six. But in our in our family of six, um, Lincoln is our one and only true, really true extrovert. Um, He loves people. He comes home every day telling me stories of um, his friends and the funny things that they say. He just, even when he was really little, uh, he was never shy. And so everybody knew who he was when we went uh, places. And so um, anyway, I just wanted to share a little bit about our family so you kind of get a little bit of a picture um, into 
who's talking today. I am so excited and I feel really honored and privileged that God would give me this part of our gathering today to share his word. And I pray that I'm doing that for my heart today. Um, Pastor Matthew, I'm going to share where he's at. He has been celebrating um, the wedding of his youngest brother um, in Tulsa, and they have some family from other parts of the country that have come in. So they're getting to spend extra time this weekend with them. And so um, they will be traveling home this afternoon, as far as I know. And so we just are thankful and blessed that they get to have, have that time. So Thank you for your graciousness toward me as I share with you this morning from God's word. Let's start with prayer because Jesus <laughs> is getting ready to teach us how to pray in these scriptures. And the disciples themselves said in Luke 11, they start out with, Lord, teach us to pray. And so let's pray that together this morning. God, we come to you and we know that you are our father in heaven. Your name is holy and worthy to be praised. And God, with all of our hearts, we want you to teach us to pray. We want to hear and be led by your spirit today, God. We want to know you more. God, we want to leave today with the word that inspires us, that compels us to pray in the way that you have taught us. And we just give you the praise and the glory for that in Jesus' name. I'm going to read this again, Matthew 6, 9. And it says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Lord started talking to me about these scriptures uh, word by word. And so we're going to start with the word our. And Jesus is very intentional uh, when he begins to teach his disciples how to pray, right? He's not doing this off the cuff, he, which he could do because he's Jesus. <laughs> but he's, doing, he's picking his context and his words and his teaching very intentionally. And so um, we, in the English language, we start with the word our. And our, in the word our, Jesus is bringing his disciples and all who believe in him as God into his family. This is really significant because we're getting ready to go into our Father. Other times in the New Testament, Jesus often refers to my Father in heaven. He often points to them and says, your Father in heaven. Here he is making sure that we understand that we're in a family with him. If you guys want to go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 4, I want us to read this together. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. We're going to read that together. Jesus is telling his disciples, you are my brothers. And as we read it, we read, Jesus is saying to me, you are my brother or my sister. And we belong to one another. That's a really important point we're going to get to in just a second about the other part of being an hour. <laughs> okay? It's not just a relationship that I have right here with God. I was designed to have my relationship with God in context with relationship with people and in community. Let's go to Galatians 4 and 4... Um, Verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. He came down to where we were. That we might receive the adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into you, crying out, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit causes us to recognize that God is our Father, right? So he sends his own spirit. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, somebody bound by these laws and these rules that you've been taught. You're no longer a slave, but a child. 
And if a child, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a gift. In in this scripture, Jesus, when he says, our father, he's saying, I am sharing my kingdom with you. This is the beginning of the training of his disciples, see, because it's Matthew chapter 6. It's the beginning of his teaching. He's trying to say to you, to them and to us, you are invited into my kingdom. You are an heir. This is a gift. This is a gift, right? We're getting ready to go into talking about worship. Today, we're really going to hit on the adoration aspect of prayer. prayer praise, thanksgiving, worship, um, and what that, why that's important in prayer. And I want to share with you that adoration, this is from the Book of Common Prayer, which is, uh, I believe, from the um, mid-1800s. Adoration is the lifting up of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing but to enjoy God's presence. By Jesus saying, our, yours, and mine, and we share this together, he's saying we get to enjoy God's presence together. And what a joy that is, right? We just did that, right? And we're doing that now. We enjoy God's presence together. There's a reason that we come together. Um, besides it being the way that God taught us to, he actually created us to be in relationship with him, with each other at the same time. By using our Jesus re- reveals that our relationship with God must be individually personal, one-on-one, and it is at the same time created to be lived within a whole body of people And in Romans 12, we read this, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, right? I have a hand and an arm. You all have all kinds of parts of bodies. And they all do different things. So we and the body of Christ worldwide are many, but we're one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of, of one another, which means that the gifts that you have, in 1 Peter it says that you are given gifts in order to serve the body well, and that I'm given gifts in order to serve the body well. And so Jesus is saying, we're in this together, (laughs) right? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? We have, we are together in this. We go into uh, Father, the word Father, our Father. I want to refer back to Matthew chapter 6 in the same chapter, 6 and verse 8. It's just the verse right above where we are today uh, going from. Matthew 6, 8, and it says, uh, just a portion of it says, Your Father knows (laughs) the things you have need of before you ask Him. This is the scripture directly above Jesus saying, pray like this, our Father in heaven. He says, your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. You know, that is such a blessing to us, and I think our hearts begin to understand who we're praying to. And that's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to help us understand you are praying to a father because you know what? Prayer is relational, not transactional. You know, I, I think sometimes we've approached prayer like uh, online pickup for our groceries. And we get on there and we have our list of needs, right? We have our, have our items we need. <laughs> and we pick them out. We push okay and pay. And we show up and we pick them up. Somebody puts them in our car and we go home. Right? Prayer is actually not like that. (laughs) Prayer is relational. The purpose of prayer, as Pastor Matthew laid the foundation for last week, the purpose of prayer is for us to build relationship with God. Right? And when we approach it only from our need, this happened to me actually this week. 
It was that Wednesday morning, I think, of the doom. No, maybe it was Tuesday. I don't know. It was Wednesday, I think. And it was really cold and really dark. Y'all remember that? I mean, I didn't leave my house till 7.20, and it felt like it was still night. Um, it was dark. It was rainy. And on my way home from dropping off my kids, I got stopped by a train that actually stopped on the tracks. It wasn't just, you know, slowly going by. But I was on my way home, so, you know, phew. All the cars in front of me are trying to find a better way to go around and those kinds of things. But I had... I didn't have to be in a hurry, so I just stayed there. And uh, I, I was kind of like, man, it's too bad. I was going to go home and actually pray and read my Bible, and, and I hate that I'm going to, you know, this is costing me some of that time. Um, so what can I do? And um, I didn't have my phone with me, so I couldn't read my Bible off of that. So I, so I just, you know, I started praying. Well, I just started praying for needs. I started praying for um, our church. I started praying for our nation. I started praying for other people I knew. Um, and, man, it was hard. <laughs> I was like... This is like, I feel like I'm going nowhere. I feel like I'm treading, you know, in, in mud. I mean, like, I can't even come up with words to say. And some of the things that I'm praying about are things God really put on my heart the day before to begin to stay committed in prayer in. And, and I was super inspired yesterday. But today, I can't, I can't think of a thing to say. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we have to uh, this is the pattern Jesus gives us, so I suggest we follow it. But I'm not saying that we are sinning because we just cry out for help without considering uh, pausing and worshiping first, pausing and giving thanks first. But, but in that moment, the Lord, <laughs> I gave him just enough time because I kind of said, okay, God, what is going on? Like, I'm trying to, be a, I'm trying to use this time so I don't lose it. So I'm trying to pray, uh, and it is, I feel nothing. I, and we shouldn't go by our feelings, right? But I, this is unusual. This is unusual uh, feeling of heaviness and drudgery, <laughs> if you will. And I want to do it, but it's, it's not working. And, and I gave him just enough time, just enough room there to say to me, you didn't start with thanksgiving. You didn't start with praise. And so it becomes a heavy burden <laughs> when we think that our words are producing something, right? When we think that just our effort in, and our desire is what we need, what we actually need is God's word spoken through our mouths, bringing change into life. And, and we go here and talk about our Father in heaven. And so Jesus is showing us who we're talking to because prayer is relational and not transactional. It's not a list I write down. Now, lists are awesome. Please don't throw away your list. I, knew, I know you won't just because I say to anyway. But <laughs> make your list. Have your list. Those are great reminders for us so that when God speaks to us about praying in certain things and for certain things, that we don't forget about them when we're in the middle of other things. Use your list. But prayer is not only a list. It is, it is a relationship that we are building. Jesus shows us that prayer needs to start at the place of understanding who we are talking to. We are re in relationship with our Father, and the purpose of our prayers is to grow in relationship with Him. We're going to move into in heaven, our Father in heaven. For me, this is where I go from this benevolent, approachable, yet authoritative, loving, wise. I'm in the arms of Jesus. He's taking care of me. He's a good God. He's kind. And I move into awe. And I begin, my heart begins to go, wait a minute, who am I talking to? Right? Wait a minute, who am I talking to? In the uh, book of Isaiah, 
The prophet in verse uh, 15 of chapter 58 describes what's going on, uh, what the Lord says about himself. He says this, For thus says the high and lofty one, this is our Father in heaven, (laughs) the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, wow, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and lofty places and with him who is of a humble and contrite spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite ones. When we understand our Father God in these two contexts, our hearts begin to worship, right? We've approached God with confidence that he's going to care for us, that he knows what we need by saying our Father. And when we begin to understand, but this is really God that I'm talking to. This is really God that I'm in relationship with. This is almighty maker of heaven and earth. And I get to talk to him. I get to approach him. I get to bring him my thanks and my praise and my imperfect prayers. And my heart cries. (laughs) I get to talk to him. On a Wednesday prayer this past week, Pastor Clayton ended our our time together with prayer um, as one. And he said something in his prayer that was put in a way that I had not heard Uh, put that way, and it really struck me, and I want to share that with you. He said, uh, thank you, God, for giving us your spirit so that we can connect with you. Isn't that good? We just read that scripture in Galatians 4. It says, where it says that he puts his spirit, the spirit of his own son within us, and we cry out, Abba, Father, by his spirit. So good. Our hearts begin to worship. There's a scene um, in heaven that's described in in Revelation 5 where they are worshiping God. Because, you know, in heaven, um, there is eternal worship going on. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I know when I was a kid, I was kind of like, well, I like to sing and all, but that seems like a lot. You know, (laughs) that seems like a lot. But, you know, at that time, of course, I didn't understand that I would no longer have a body uh, like this. Uh, that would get tired, a mind that would lose focus and all of those things. And so uh, there's a lot of things going on. But here's the truth. It doesn't matter if I have a body or not. God is worthy of those holy, holy, holies for all of eternity from here until forever. Right? doesn't matter if I'm tired or not um, or if it sounds boring. Because I think in those moments we're going to understand what holy actually means. We're going to actually begin to see God for who he really is. But he wants to start that here on earth with us. And in Revelation 5 and verse 8, the Apostle John, who's writing Revelation, um, he describes prayer as incense offered to Jesus in golden censers. It's the prayers of the saints that he's bringing to the Lamb in golden censers. Um, In the book, The Precious Things of God, the author uh, Octavius Winslow writes this about prayer in regard to our adoration. I want you guys to lean in on this. Praise the Lord. In heaven all is adoration, thanksgiving, and praise. And when we offer praise to God, we approach in our worship on earth the nearest to the worship of the glorified in heaven. Oh, let us not be slow. (laughs) Let us not be slow to wave this golden censer and offer him the precious incense. We will praise him for electing love. Praise him for Jesus Praise him for divine righteousness, 
Praise him for a free grace salvation. Praise him for full pardon. Praise him for a throne of grace. (laughs) Praise him for the rock that covers our head, sheltering us in its shadow and refreshing us with its streams. Praise him for the blessing given, for the blessing withheld. Praise him for the restorings, for the upholdings, for the chastenings, for the rebukes, for the wounds, for the darkness of sorrow, for the brightness of joy, for the retrospect of grief and the prospective of bliss. Yea, for all that is past, all that is present, and all that is to come, for all, (laughs) all flows from this one divine source, the everlasting and unchangeable love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And everybody says, amen. And just because I'm a woman preaching, you don't have to say a women, okay? Thank you. (laughs) Get a little bit of interaction here. Um, No, in reading that, we find no shortage of things to worship God, no matter what's going on in our circumstances on earth. I can be depressed. I can be out of a job. I can be sick. I can have horrible relationships going on. I can have brokenness. I can look at the world. We can look at the world and see the brokenness, right? And we can become overwhelmed and discouraged by that. But what are we doing in worship? We're lifting our eyes up to where our help comes from. Worship actually shifts our perspective. This is why Jesus is teaching us to pray, starting with worship. We start with thanksgiving. I think a lot of times I've prayed prayers asking God for these things. And then I say this tagline of thanks God at the end. God is, Jesus actually teaches us, start with your worship. And he's doing that intentionally. And next week, you're going to know why. But I'm actually going to give you a sneak peek into that as well. Because I want to talk about why Jesus would tell us to start with praise and worship. In Psalm 100 and verse 4, this is actually what it says. This is scripture Jesus would have known. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. We enter God's presence. What's the purpose of prayer? Relationship. Where do we build relationship? In the presence of God. And how do we come into the presence of God? With thanksgiving and praise on our lips. So we begin prayer there. And Jesus says, this is how you are to pray. I would venture to say that there is very little produced by our prayers if we do not first enter the presence of God by thanksgiving and praise. I've seen this in my own life. We come with these burdens. We come with attitudes. We come with perspectives where everything wrong or everything we need or everything we feel is gigantic. It's just so big and it's so heavy and it's way too much for us and we can't figure out how to get out of it. We can't figure out what the answers are. I mean, who's praying a prayer right now that knows what the answers for this broken world are, right? We know Jesus is the answer, but as far as solutions and ways to straighten things out, I don't know that there's a person on the planet that has a good plan for that, except by the Holy Spirit. God can give it, right? But we enter, I'm going to say this again, I would venture to say that there's very little produced in our prayers unless we first have approached God in his presence with thanksgiving and praise. And I want us this week to understand that we, there's a reason why we have a pattern at church of beginning with worship, right? 
we begin with worship because it shifts us from worldly ways of thinking and the heavy burdens of this world. I want to see a show of hands for those of you who love to come to church because when you leave, you feel better than when you came. Yes, and amen. And hopefully it's not just because you're like, well, it makes me feel, it's, it's all for me. But hopefully it's because you actually experience the presence of God. And, when you, and for you to experience the presence of God, it requires your mouth giving the thanks and the praise. Not just hearing somebody else. Your heart beginning to understand that this is God, that I'm, that I'm, I'm even alive, <laughs> that I'm even here, that I even have anything that's good and worthy of praise. God is God, and the recognition of who he is compels us to adore him. Compels us to adore him. The recognition that he is my father. Jesus is showing us by saying, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's showing us our holy Abba. Isn't that amazing? He's our holy Abba. And our hearts begin to worship. There's a few songs right now that I really am loving, um, and these phrases have kind of thrown me off, actually, in these two songs that I really like. But, and it talks about the, beat, the pounding of your heart when you're approaching God, when you're worshiping God. But we've experienced that, right? If we've experienced God, we've experienced this excitement that we just can't really, our bodies are having a hard time, you know, containing. Because God is real and he's close, and Jesus has invited us to come close. Prayer... And thanksgiving and praise is the language of God's people. It's a marker that you are, are, are God's. Uh, the living Holy Spirit, and the, the reason is, is because of what we talked about. The living Holy Spirit within us cries out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit within us when we receive Jesus is testifying continuously of Jesus <laughs> in our hearts. When we begin prayer with adoration, we magnify God over our needs. When we begin prayer with adoration, we magnify God over our needs. So where our needs have been big, we begin to flip that narrative over. And that's where it gives us the right perspective, right? We need to focus on the bigness of God. <laughs> and when we do that, when we focus on the bigness of God, before we get into the immediacy, the immediate nature of our own predicament, right? We're in this, we have a crisis. We even just have some struggles. We are recontextualizing. When we do that, we are recontextualizing our crisis in the bigger narrative of God. It does not mean that our crisis is small to God. It does not mean that it's meaningless to him. It does not mean that he doesn't care about it. In fact, Psalm tells us that God cares about every desire and detail of our lives. <laughs> but worship helps me go, I'm not God anymore. I guess God's not here to check off the groceries on my list. He's actually here for me to worship him. And when I can see that God isn't made in my image, but I'm actually made in God's image. <laughs> See, God, we're made in God's image, so we're like him because we're made in his image. But we're not like him in that he, he is so far beyond. It's a phrase I've been hearing over the last couple of years, the otherness of God. And this otherness of God is what, I, I mean, for me, it causes me to say he's worthy of worship because he's not even any close to anything else 
There's nobody like him. There's no one else like him. Worship gives us the only right perspective. If we're going to hear from God, we're going to have to have the right heart in regards to him. We need to understand that we're approaching our Father, which is a wonderful, wonderful gift, loving and gracious. But we're also approaching the Holy God. We often pray because there's a need or a problem. But when we pray from that direction, we're failing to understand who God is. See, I don't think it's a problem that we actually have needs and our needs and our problems prompt us to pray. I think what the problem is, is that we never get to the place of worshiping first. And so we pray prayers, they fall flat, and we never see anything happen. And then we are like, well, I guess that wasn't important to God. Or I guess I didn't pray the right way. See, we might have gotten our need off of our chest, but we didn't actually get our minds with the mind of Christ when we began to pray. And this is really important because where Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and he's teaching us who we're approaching and how to approach him, which is in praise and thanksgiving and adoration. He's bringing us into the mindset that can then pray the next section of scripture that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Worship gives us the only right perspective in which to pray. It gives us the only place where we come with the mind of God and we begin to say, it's your will that I want to see done. I don't have my Walmart app out putting my groceries in anymore. I've put that aside. And I've said, okay, God, thank you. I worship you. You're the whole, we just did this this morning. I mean, that song, No One But You, well, all the songs. You reign above it all. You know why I love that song, You Reign Above It All? Well, not, not only because it's true, but because it says it plain. Like, Jesus is king. What more do I even need to know to break out in worship? And I'm not talking about worship as just a singing thing, right? We're talking about adoration, praise, thanksgiving in context of prayer. So these are things that come out of our mouth. But during the worship time today, We begin to sing, you reign above it all. What more comfort do I need when I look at the world around me than to know Jesus is reigning above it all? (laughs) He sends the darkness running. He is the light of the world. Hallelujah. And we well up with thanks, giving and praise and adoration for our God who is only worthy of that praise and that worship. Jesus taught us to worship first in prayer because worship always leads us to pray God's will. If you want to see God's will in your life, begin your prayers by approaching your Father with thanksgiving, praise, adoration, and worship to him. Praise your name, Jesus. I want to close uh, this part of the message by sharing, uh, reading through the whole Lord's Prayer with you again you want to do that with us it's Matthew 6 we're going to go to verse 9 it says in this manner therefore pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done you can say it with me if you know it on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This week, as we continue in our practice of prayer, um, we're going to add a little bit of a component to the practice point from last week, which was to pray the Lord's Prayer uh, at least one time each day of the week. If you weren't here, didn't hear that message, that's fine. Jump in this week. Jump in today, and that'll be just fine. Uh, If you didn't make it, maybe you only did it five of the seven, or like you went home Sunday all pumped and you totally forgot all week. That's okay. God's just calling us into relationship. And sometimes we're not good at it, right? Sometimes we're not good at it. So this week, as we pray the Lord's Prayer each day, um, I want you, our our practice this week is going to be that we pause and we really think about who we're approaching, our Father in Heaven. And we stop and we actually worship the Holy One who made us. And so we're going to stop and do that as we, that'll be our practice this week to spend some extra time. And as we go through the the collection here and through the Lord's Prayer, we are going to see every piece of what Jesus taught us coming to life in us so that we pray prayers that are according to his will, that glorify him, that honor him, that bring his kingdom to the earth. Let's bow our heads together this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word, and you are worthy of all of our praise. You are worthy of all of our praise. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here today, God. Thank you for those that have relationship with you. Thank you for reaching down to them. Thank you for calling them to lives of prayer and of adoration to you, God. And God, for those who don't know you today, if you are hearing this message and you say, I don't have the Father in heaven as my Father, whether you're online or here in the building, if you want to make our Father God your Father, if you want to say yes to what Jesus has done for you on the cross by dying and washing your sins away, would you raise your hand so we know that you are are ready to receive Jesus this morning? And if you're at home, You can type a, yes, I want to receive Jesus in the chat or in the comments. Somebody will reach out to you. Yes, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Let's pray together. Father, how we love you. Repeat after me. I confess my sins to you, God. And I recognize that you love me. (laughs) Thank you for sending Jesus to wash these sins away. I receive your invitation to your family, God. And I recognize that I am becoming a child of God by adoption. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise and the glory. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll take your communion this morning. I want us to be reminded of what we talked about at first, where we are a body of Christ with many members. And what a joy it is to be able to spend time together and 
and love on one another through coming together and worshiping God together. And so this morning, as we uh, take our communion, your bread and your juice, um, let's spend, we're going to spend about a minute um, individually just thanking God for what it means to be in his family, for the fact that he sacrificed his life in order for us to be in this family. I'm not just talking about the people in this room or this building or faith church alone, but the body of Christ uh, from from the time that it, it was formed to all of eternity. The fact that we're heirs with Christ. So as we take our communion, I'm going to let you take your bread and your juice um, as you would like, um, as you just spend time uh, thanking God. We're going to pause in this moment and just bring our adoration and thanksgiving to God. worship you, God, because you are high and holy and you are close and loving. And thank you, God, for being with us today, speaking to our hearts. Help us to live in real relationship with you as we practice our adoration in prayer as you taught us to this week. We thank you, God, for going with us, that this is not the only time that we meet with you, that we worship you, that we bring our thanksgiving to you, but that all throughout this coming week, God, We pause and we bring honor and praise and thanksgiving to you through our time each day. We just give you praise for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.